Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. The Windy City Bears podcast. Hey, listen up. Listen in. Pay attention right now. That's right. We have a sweepstakes going on. You can get yourself a Justin Fields jersey just for listening to this podcast. I talk about it a bunch coming up with Patrick Schmidt, who's with me today as per always. Mondays at 5 is the YouTube show and then the podcast coming out the next morning. Uh, but here, follow me at the Carm, follow at Patrick A. Schmidt, subscribe to the YouTube channel. These are all entries into the contest. And uh, yeah, one month from now, you get a Fields jersey. Someone's going to get a Justin Fields jersey. Now, for this Justin Fields character, who we are all rooting for, including, of course, yours truly, and believing in, Justin Fields, I believe in you. But it's turning into an interesting offseason. Number one, he goes out, goes down to Atlanta, is working out. His buddy Darnell Mooney's down there, now learning that Cole Komet's down there too. And he puts a picture on Instagram showing that he's getting after it in the offseason. I didn't think anything of it at the time. No big deal. That's what athletes do. But... It's a little self promote if you will. I'm thinking about it more and more. And, you know, do your workouts, get your work in, get better, dial in your offseason, and you don't need to broadcast it to everyone. That's what you should be doing, right? We don't really need the Instagram, here I am, guys, I am trying uh, post. But whatever, no harm, no foul. All right, now... Here comes the report. My buddy Danny Parkins has his quarterback guru that he's been working with since way back in the day, a guy that I had never heard of until now. Good job by Parko here. And uh, he has Ron Veal on the score. And Parkins asks about the first start against Cleveland. And quote, I know he was a little pissed about it, but I didn't get an explanation. And I really didn't ask because I know he was in a situation where he's really pissed off about it. So now you've got Fields' inner circle, 
his QB coach, Ron Veal, talking on the radio about Fields being pissed at how he was coached. Your inner circle should not be talking like that. They should 100% know that, hey, dude, I don't want any of that out. That's in the past. Matt Nagy's gone. Ryan Pace is gone. We have a new offensive coordinator in Luke Getze. We've got a new head coach in Flus. I'm good. I'm moving forward. I'm not thinking about Cleveland. I'm not thinking about anything. And I don't want attention that way. So I'm not saying that Fields told Ron Veal, his quarterback's coach since he was a young lad, to go on the radio and do it. But it just feels off. Uh, not great. And we, so we got the look at me here. I'm working out, and now we got the QB thing, uh, QB coach, blaming the Bears. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on board. I don't love it. I do not love it. Not saying it's means he's not going to be good or anything like that, but it's just, it's, it's, it's awkward. Um, but so here we go. We're uh, the Bears are moving forward. Fields has the positive. It is good that he's organized the workouts with Mooney, with Komet. Apparently, he's also trained with Colin Kaepernick. Bears, by the way, you could have been the progressive team. You could have been that team. Hey, look, Justin Fields, Colin Kaepernick, they're working out together. They probably, you know, let's they play a similar style, right? Let's go get him instead of Trevor Dam Simeon, who we just had to have, even though Nick Foles is still on the roster. Uh, that's an interesting one right there. Uh, but of course, you know, whatever. Nobody wants Cap. I get it. He's just way too dangerous to be in any NFL locker room. It's going to implode the whole damn thing. But all right, we don't want to talk Cap. We want to talk Bears. Uh, a lot of football talk, a lot of quarterback talk coming up here. And yes, hit that uh, subscribe button. Get yourself into the contest. Get yourself a Fields jersey. None of this will matter in the end. He's going to have an amazing year too. Willie, I'm not sure. The Windy City Bears podcast starts right now. Showtime. Schmitty, I gotta, uh, we got big news today, but I got to warn you. I've got the tea with me today. Playing Spill a little. Spill play, the tea. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm going to try not to, but, uh, but I do have some tea on, on, on the other news. So Figuratively, not literally. You know, as the kids say, spill the tea. Well, okay, right, let's, let's spill the tea. Hey, we promised you if you became a part of the, the fan-sided DeWindy City Chicago Bears podcast, Monday's at 5, and a lot more shows to come that we would reward you. And we have a sweepstakes going on. And that's right, a Justin Fields jersey right here, right now. Uh, you can get it done. Check out the Twitter. Look into the details. And basically, uh, you can enter every day for a month that this will be going on. Uh, link is there for you. And really, all you got to do, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow Patrick A. Schmidt on Twitter. Follow at the Carm. Other variables out there for you, which you can increase your chances. Next thing you know, you're going to be rocking the field's jersey, running out to Soldier Field with a number one on your front, on your back. Bears, let's go bear down. I mean, pretty cool, Chimini. We're we're giving back, yeah. baby. We're giving back. Absolutely. We said at the top of the show, or at the the start of the show, I should say, the first incarnation of the show. This was a show for the fans by the fans, and what better way than to appease to the fans 
and hook them up with a chance to get a Justin Fields jersey. This guy is the face of the franchise. We hope he's going to be here for the next 10, 15 years. Hopefully many Pro Bowl appearances, many Super Bowl appearances. Uh, but you got to rep the team. You got to rep the face of the franchise. Get the, the navy blue, the white, the alternate orange, whatever color is your flavor. Check out the details in the links here and enter your chance to, to get that Justin Fields jersey. Live on YouTube, we are every Monday at 5. The audio podcast coming out Tuesdays. Leave any bare questions that you have either on the YouTube channel or on the Apple podcast. We're going to respond to you in our email, Podcast at gmail.com. First week, no emails. You could be the first emailer ever of the show. I know I didn't check the last couple of days, so there could be one in there. But uh, Dewindy City. Uh, email is alive as well. Dewindy City Bears podcast at gmail.com. All right. Speaking of the quarterback, we talked about him a bunch last week. And you can find me on TikTok as well. God love your TikTok. So, Bears fans, Schmitty, they're going nuts. As I pointed out, that when you look at the first year play of Justin Fields, two and eight, seven touchdowns, 10 picks, it was bad. He wasn't good, and it looks worse to me when you get further away from it. And the comments are basically one and the same. Uh, blame coaching, writes MR1DT boy. Blame coaching. They call plays and didn't call for field strengths, screens, pitches, etc. cetera. Uh, next one, our Wallach Folk. It's hard for a rookie quarterback to learn when, when there's something different at you and no one in the organization can change how it comes at him. How could you evaluate him with that offense around him? Tom Brady or Peyton Manning couldn't have won with the Bears offense. I'm not saying that Justin Fields isn't going to be a good quarterback. Fingers crossed that he is. But there's a little bit of Mitchell Trubisky defending nation that I feel is coming out at the quarterback. Like I think Bears fans are not willing to be honest that he might not be the quarterback that everyone wants him to be. I'm not saying that he isn't, but I am also not saying that he is like, I'm not, ex I, I don't expect Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert to appear here in year two. I hope he does, but I, I to me, it's a huge question mark. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it 100. Like the kids say, um, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. Um, I think he could have been better. Was he awful where we're ready to, you know, start looking at drafting the next guy or, or you know, is Trevor Simeon going to be starting this year? No, I, I think it's way too soon to, to kind of give up. I think obviously the, the optimism is there. And I think all those points you just said from the commenters, yeah, this coaching staff stunk. It's why they were fired and it, it's why there's a new coaching staff in here. So all those reasons are, are certainly well formed and grounded. Um, certainly we're going to be defensive of Justin Fields. It wasn't the best rookie season. You know, he, he could have been better. Look what Mac Jones did. He, he certainly had a better year, but you know, he had, he had Josh McDaniels calling plays for him in the, you know, under the best head coach of all time. So there's certainly some built-in excuses for Justin Fields, why he didn't light it up last year, but you hope that this year we start to see a lot of those things that we saw the last couple of years at Ohio state, um, and start to put that in motion here. Uh, still some unproven pieces around him on the offense. That's going to be a work in progress, but we got to see some, we got to see some, some big time improvements in year two and fingers crossed. We see him.
Matt, congratulations. I see you in the chat, by the way, saying done. I believe you are our first entry enterer into the contest. You made history, Matt. Congratulations. He's ready to call, he's ready to call the sweepstakes now. He's got a 100% chance to get that Fields jersey. Uh, those odds might alter a little bit over the next month or so, but keep keep re-entering. Keep, uh, keep those odds high. But, yeah, I mean, Mark, when we talk about Fields, you look at some of the other rookie quarterbacks last year, Trevor Lawrence, this guy's supposed to be – the second coming of Peyton Manning and John Elway and Andrew Luck and every superlative in the book. He stunk last year too. And he had an awful coaching staff around him too. Uh, Zach Wilson, he was terrible for the Jets last year. Trey Lance didn't even see the field last year for the 49ers. So Mac Jones, he was really the only rookie quarterback in the, among those five first rounders that, that did anything. So like Lawrence, like Fields, I'm expecting a big season two, a big sophomore surge from both those guys, especially with Fields, especially with this new coaching staff. And Luke Getze, a guy we haven't talked about a lot, but hopefully he uh, he brings over the, the offensive success that he had with Aaron Rodgers, uh, a two-time MVP the last couple of years under his guidance. Hopefully we see some of that production this year and moving forward. So you just teed up two things that I want to talk about today. Uh, we can get to Luke Getze in a second. But Matt Eberflus, f- the Flus, hits principal – Hits principle also coming up in a couple of minutes here. But Flus is saying, we want to see a huge jump in year two. And he's talking about reading defenses. He's talking about footwork. Basically, in general, he wants to see fields with a lot better fundamentals than he had in, in, in year one, which from a coaching standpoint, that would be, you know, control the controllables. That is something that, even if the talent around him is not great, Fields can improve on those things. Now, how much it will actually impact the Bears winning football games if there's not a lot of talent on the field, I don't know. But I, I guess that's a fair thing to expect from Fields in year two, that fundamentally he's more sound? Absolutely. You talk about his rookie year coming from Ohio State. You know, everything is so much faster. He, he's got to learn to slow the game down, learning new terminology, learning new teammates, learning a new city. I think all that stuff, it's its going to be second nature to him this year. So I think the game will kind of slow down for him. Uh, the, the playbook, getting in and out of the huddle. I remember one of the first things Matt Nagy said uh, when he was defending the choice to, to keep Andy Dalton as a starter was, we got we to gotta teach Justin how to come out of the huddle. And it's like, wow, really? It's like, I'm pretty sure he knows how to get out of the huddle. Uh, but it just <laughs> kind of shows how they were slowing things down for him. Uh, but I think a lot of that stuff, the, the rookie, you know, year is behind him. And I think they're going to throw things at him, you know, kind of fast and furious this year, uh, beginning with training camp. And they're going to see how much he can handle, how much he can process. And I'm expecting that to be, you know, kind of like, like a, a, a seasoned veteran kind of level. Um, now, does that mean he's going to throw 45 touchdowns to seven interceptions and 4,800 yards? No, you know, let's let's take things slowly here. But I think, like you said, control the controllables, the fundamentals, how you approach the game, this film study, a lot of those intangibles, I think it's going to be really ratcheted up. So you're also our college football expert, and you mentioned Ohio State a couple of seconds ago. And so some people have been saying to me, or and I've just seen the conversation, well, how many quarterbacks from Ohio State have ever been good? Like those were the negative comments in the right. fields thing. And, you know, you Google great Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, no one's popping up here, Patrick Schmidt. I don't know if it matters. I don't think it does. It but- doesn't. Let me just – can I just hop yeah. in right there? It, 
I, I don't like that argument, and I heard it. It's like, oh, Justin Fields isn't going to be good because he went he went to Ohio State. It's like, okay, well, what if he went to Texas Tech? How many great Texas Tech quarterbacks were there before Patrick Mahomes? None. Like, how many great Clemson quarterbacks were there before Deshaun Watson? None. You know, it's like there's always none until there's one. You know, it's like should uh, the Bears have drafted whoever uh, – Tyler Bray. He came out of Tennessee. Well, why wasn't he as good as Peyton Manning? You know, how come Davis Mills wasn't as good as Andrew Luck or John Elway? So, you know, I hear that coaching staff, Aaron Rodgers, how come, uh, you know, there were no great Cal quarterbacks or no great Jeff Tedford quarterbacks until Aaron Rodgers. So there's never anyone until there's one. Let's let's see if Justin Fields can be that that trend breaker. Uh, hey, listen. Let, let, let's let's break some trends and and yeah. let's get let's let's get some help to get him there, Schmitty. Uh, you mentioned Luke Getze, and by the way, the owners' meetings happen. So this these are all things that fall under what do we learn at the owners' meetings? And we learned some. We didn't really learn anything about Michael McCaskey, but I, uh, George McCaskey. Excuse me, yeah. didn't mean to bring up Michael. Wow, flashback. That was bad. That was bad. George, you're you're going to be on blast in a second here. But I, listen. There was a, a really nice comment coming through that got me excited about Luke Getze. And maybe I shouldn't be so excited by his former coaching teammate in Green Bay, Nathaniel Hackett, now the head coach of your Denver Broncos. But he's like, he, I, he was stopped, I guess, somewhere by Dan Wiederer. And the dude's like, oh, Getze. He connects, he's innovative, he's he's everything you want in your offensive coordinator. I'm buying in, man. The dude so I, I like guys that are able to talk to people. That's that's part of the game nowadays. Yeah, and it, it kind of seems like there's been a lot of overwhelming and external support, you know, of you know, Getsy, of Eberflus, of polls, of this whole kind of new brain trust going on here. Not just people affiliated with the Bears or inside Hallis Hall. A lot of people just raving about uh, these guys, their work ethic, their experience, how they go about things. So you have to trust in them. They're not the ones making the decision, you know, you know, like the McCaskey family and whatnot. But there's been a lot of positive reviews and we just got to see it put in, into play. You know, we've, we've seen a little bit of it with the, their approach to free agency. We'll see it over the next few weeks with guys they bring in for, for draft workouts and how they go about the draft. Um, and then in training camp, you know, th this is all, you know, it's all like fluff, you know, right now, because we don't have games, we don't have practices, but we want to believe, we want to buy in, like we were saying with Justin Fields at the beginning. It's like, we're ignoring all the red flags, you know, and it's, it's all positive. It's all the optimism. It's all the, the best case scenario. And we'll worry about any red flags later on. I mean, let me just ask you this, Schmitty, and I mean this in the most complimentary way to uh, Mr. Hackett. Do you think he was drunk? Oh, huh. man, exclamation point. Chicago got one of the greatest of all time. Of all time. He just called, he called, he called Getsy a goat. Amazing person, first and foremost. Bright, driven, terrific coach. Uh, and then more. We went through so many ups and downs. We had lots of ups in Green Bay the last three years, don't get me wrong, but just the process of learning a system and then how we had to take a system and adjust it to Matt's vision, Matt LaFleur he's talking about, add in some stuff, put in Aaron's preferences. Luke was such an incredible communicator. His understanding of the game was obvious. Now, he doesn't sound in reading it that he was drunk, but when you're calling the dude a goat, I do wonder no. if you had a couple of whiskeys. 
Uh, that's probably the only thing I would I would you know push back on. Like, okay, come on, we know he's your former colleague. You guys had a great working relationship. His success under you helped you get this job with the Broncos, and you're you're happy to see his success now getting the job with the Bears. But you know, everything outside of greatest of all time or one of the greatest of all time, like I'm loving it. I'm loving what I'm hearing. I'm loving the enthusiasm. And and I hope he's one hundred percent right. You know, I don't I don't think he was drunk. If we we hooked him up to a breathalyzer, I'm sure he'd be good enough to drive. But man, I I love to hear it. You know, this is like okay, let's do it. This is the guy, and you know, with the keys to the franchise, basically. And I'm sure yep. Justin Fields is loving to hear that too. He right right could be the most important dude going. You're the guy that's going to spend the most time with the quarterback. I'm sure Flus is going to show up with his. Hits principle at some point. I'll talk about that in a second. But like, this is the dude. Uh, I'll just read one more. It's just this is this is amazing. He's a natural people person, and it's because he genuinely cares. I love that. That's my style too. I watched him grow in this profession. So much of it sparked by how much he cares. How much he cares about the players. How much he cares about the coaches. You feel that, dude. Like, we got some we got some caring going on here. I kind of got like goosebumps going right now. I, I want to roll up the sleeves here, but like I think the hairs are sticking up off my arm here. Like I'm ready. Like, is there a game on Sunday? Like, can can we do it? Let's let's go. Let, let's go. Okay. Hack it. You're the man. We you you're 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 all you're all uh uh Luke Getzi all the time. If, if I ever need to get a new job, like I am coming out to Nathaniel Hack and be like, dude, can you endorse me on LinkedIn like you did Luke Getzi? Because like I don't think you could write a more glowing review than that. He, I mean, he he really he's he's doing a hell of a job. All right. Uh let, let's go to Eberflus. Did did you know the Eminem principle? Do you know what it means? Because I, I mean, uh I'm like peanut or plain or the peanut butter i, I gotta go with peanut butter <laughs> peanut butter is my m&m principle so he, he he was this was uh this was um he said uh, this is what he says it's, it's the m&m principle i'm reading i'm like m&m another principle what do we got here it's not another accurate it's not another acronym but i'm thinking about making t-shirts uh m&m for his offensive lineman his defensive lineman he wants he wants them to have a high motor and he wants them to be mean Mean with the motor. So I, I saw the look right there. I, 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 I love saw it. it. I love it. And that's what you need. You don't, you want these guys to be nasty, to have that, you know, the proverbial mean streak. You know, it's like we don't, we don't need them to be perfect gentlemen on Sundays and in practice. You know, let, let them be that off the field when the pads are off. But yeah, in the trenches, it's a nasty place to live. And I, I, wa I want that mean streak. I want them to play beyond the whistle. Now, I want that nastiness. I want people to hate having to play the Bears on Sunday because they have to deal with, you know, Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum. I want these guys to be like, you know, I want them to be like assholes on the field, like be like menacing pricks, you know, for lack of a better term, like just be absolutely dreadful to play against let let's go let's go raiders steelers of the 70s let's 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 get let's get back to the 80s bears let's go 05 let's bring back lovey that was a popular talking point too let's not let's not draw the 15 yard penalties maybe let's <laughs> instigate you know for lack of a better term the the opponent to kind of you know throw some cheap shots at you and get an extra 15 yards we'll take that but you gotta be you know controlled aggression like push Push the aggression of the opponent. And if they do that, the Bears are going to be so much better. As we talk about, 
if you support Justin Fields and that offensive line, and we're going to have some new pieces on that five-man unit this year, and, and you know maybe some more pieces are going to be coming in the draft, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes on this show. But, yeah, I, I love that mindset. And Poles, as a, a former offensive lineman, he's going to have a, a good idea of the type of players and prospects he wants to pursue in the draft and free agency. So I, I, I think we're going to see a good indication of the, the type of offensive line we're going to see here in the future here. Uh, especially if he uses a pick or two, which he should on an offensive lineman in the draft. So trivia for you right now. I can't wait to hear you talking about the offensive line, by the way, and, and who we're picking in the second round, because I know you know, Patrick. I I, I, can, mm -hmm. I can smell it right now. We're going we're gonna to spill more tea later on. Yeah. Uh, do you have the hits principle memorized? Because I got to be honest, I had to look it back up today. Do you have it memorized? Oh, man, I, I do. <sighs> Gosh, like high intensity, something, something. I, I can't quite remember. Anybody in the chat, if you get this right, I, I will advance you somehow in the, in the sweepstakes for the Fields jersey. I don't know if I have that power. H does not stand for high. It stands for three, two, one. It stands for hustle. The H. Okay. I was going to say heart. This is this is important. We have to we got we have to get Chicago in on the hits principle. The H stands for hustle. What yeah, it, 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 is the I intensity? The I is intensity. That okay. is correct. That okay, is we got hustle, intensity. Now okay, we got two T's here. T, no, no, a number of different ways here. No, well, it is uh, okay. If I might have it wrong, no, it's just only one T and one oh, S. Okay. Uh, Tenacity, toughness. So it's four words. T. Uh, it, it's 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 related to his swarming to the ball. Mm. I'll I'll answer. Taking a, the ball away. Okay. That's what <laughs> Flus likes to take the ball away. Which, for the record, for the record, his Colts teams last year, thirty-three takeaways, second in the NFL. He was fifth in twenty twenty with uh with twenty-five. He was tied for tenth in nineteen with twenty-three. Tied for tenth in eighteen. Uh, with 26, so they they have been doing this at least top 10 for the last four years. There's some there's some uh, actual you know backing up of this hits principle, but uh, so so good job good job Flus. The S, I'll just give it means being situationally smart. Okay, I, I, it's a little 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 challenging, but so his philosophy basically is that he can get these dudes in a room. And 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 tell you this is our philosophy, and, and we're gonna hold you to it, and we're gonna grade you on loafs. He wants seven dudes to the football, just in case the football comes out, we have a greater chance of picking up the football. And if you're loafing on the play, you're gonna get called out in a meeting. There you are. There's your grade, and we're gonna take a C player and turn him into a B player, and a B player do an A minus player. Do do we believe this is possible? That you can, you basically can elevate the guys that the Bears are going after on one-year deals and saying, "Hey, you're going to get in this room, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to bring you up." Yeah, I mean that's why Iberflus has paid the millions of dollars, right? It's to to instill these principles, instill this philosophy, uh, and elevate the talent that Poles is bringing in. So, yeah, absolutely, it better if it doesn't, we got problems. But yeah, I think it's a great mindset. Um, and, and I love that. I remember hearing about the loafing, uh, after he was hired and I love it. It's kind of like, you know, kind of high school ish where it's like, you're watching the film study and you get called out cause you know, you're taking plays off or whatever, but 
I, I love that. You know, let's get everybody flying to the ball. Uh, it's that old Lovey Smith thing where you, you're they're going to win with takeaways. Um, so if they can do that, obviously we know how beneficial takeaways can be for a, a below average offense, which is probably what we're going to have this year. Um, so you get some of those short fields. It helps the offense. So, yeah, hustle, intensity, takeaways, smart. If the Bears defense can play that hits, you know, play the greatest hits, you know, I, I think it, it, it's probably got to be like a, a plus two to three, you know, win factor here. Uh, oh. to we know we know Roquan Smith is going to be a stud. Maybe Eddie Jackson can, can get back to that level of play we saw a few years ago where he was, you know, one of the, the top ball hawks in the NFL. We haven't seen that of late. We've seen him, you know, awful tackling, some piss poor effort. Uh, hopefully we see Eddie Jackson kind of return to form. Uh, and, and we'll see. You know, we know Robert Quinn. He's at least going to be here. I don't think they're going to trade him. They probably would have traded him if they were by now. But uh, there's definitely going to be some new guys that are, you know, filling big shoes with Akeem Hicks gone, Bilal Nichols gone, and obviously with Khalil Mack gone. So uh, hopefully they embrace that philosophy. And if they don't, they're going to be looking for guys that do. Well, and today for the record, April the 4th, first day that uh, Eberflus can address the team. Now, he's talked to these guys, uh, but they're they're in for some off-season work. I, I don't have any uh, microphones in the uh, over at Hallis Hall, but like I'm just I, I'm trying to imagine what is his like his first speech is going like, guys, listen to me. You were with the biggest morons the last couple of years. I I'm not going to tell for sell the media that, but I'm telling you that those guys didn't know what they were doing. They wanted to be your friends. I am not your friend. I am Fluce, and I am here. Yeah. I am your coach. I'm going to be paying attention to every damn thing you do. And let's go old school Mike Ditka 82. We are going to be great in four years, two years, whatever. But I'm going to tell you right now, half of you ain't going to be here. Yep. That So you either going to get on board, and I already know some dudes, uh, I'm looking at you, David Montgomery, who I know you play the hits, and I know Roquan, I know you do. But Eddie Jackson over there in the back, I'm not yeah. sure about you, pal. Yep. Yeah, and, and I love that, you know, and you know, I want to throw in the the quote from from Lovey at his introductory press conference where you know we're gonna beat Green Bay. You know, it's like, hey, you know, the Dicka thing, hey, we're gonna be great, we're gonna win championships, we're gonna compete for division titles every year. But of the 53 plus guys in this locker room. You know, maybe 20 of you guys are going to be here when we get there. So it's your decision whether or not you're going to be with us or you're going to be gone. And we're going to beat Green Bay. We're going to win the North. We're going to get to the playoffs. And we're going to win a Super Bowl for the first time since 1985. So um, if they don't embrace the hits, we're going to find somebody in the draft and free agency that do. And it, it's really as simple as that. Yeah. Okay, embrace the hits. Uh, here's here's a Flus quote for you, just because I got to give one Flus quote per show now, at least for a little bit here, because I got to get all in on flutes. Uh, this sounds a little bit Mark Trestman like though to me, uh, Patrick. I, I gotta, I'm, I'm having a little trusty feelings. When you have nine weeks with the group, you want to lay the foundation. You have to take it one piece at a time and just lay that down, because when you lay foundation, physically lay a foundation, you have to prepare the ground. The ground has to be right, and we're going to take our time to do it, and then we're going to start putting it together one piece at a time. I mean, it's good coach speak, but it's it's true. You know, you build a house. You build from the foundation. The Bears have the quarterback. Now let's get the offensive linemen to get that good structure. You know, build it up, get the defensive linemen, 
They got one great all-pro linebacker with Roquan Smith. Let's get a couple more. You know, build out. We got we got a Hoss and David Montgomery. Bears are probably going to run him into the ground until his contract's up, and then they, they have to decide whether or not to pay him or not. Probably not, but, you know, we'll see. And then, you know, once you, you get the foundation set, then you start building out some extras. And then, you know, you put the hot tub in the pool in the back, and that's where we're talking our, our stud wide receivers and and whatnot, those flashy guys. Like, why didn't the Bears trade for Tyreek Hill or Amari Cooper or Sino Odell Beckham, blah, blah, blah. They're not ready yet. They don't have the foundation yet. We're, we're in that foundational stage. We got the quarterback. We have the makings of some potential good guys on the offensive line, but we'll see. We'll have a much better idea of this foundation moving forward. Dude, you are in. You are a believer. You I'm, are in. I'm drinking the Bears Kool-Aid right here. This is navy and orange Kool-Aid in here. <laughs> I, 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 I I love it. And, I'm going to uh, do like my Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird drinking uh, you know, from their mega cast over the yeah. weekend with the women's college basketball. Uh, hey. Congratulations to uh, South Carolina, huge win, and and good luck to I don't even know tonight. I I, I don't have a rooting interest at all. But all right, let, let's. Uh, I want I want to get to George McCaskey in a little bit, but I but you just got me excited, and I got to plug in this computer. So double double entendre here, Schmitty. Uh, bad job by me, by the way. Don't uh, click that link if you're just joining us and get involved in our sweepstakes to get yourself a Justin Fields jersey. Who? Offensive lineman-wise, are is exciting you uh, for the Bears either early. I'm thinking second round. If I, at least one of them is going to go that way, but throw out some names out there to get people excited. Yeah, we we've talked over the last couple of weeks about some wide receiver prospects: George Pickens, Alec Pierce, Christian Christian Watson, uh, Jahan Dots, and some of these wide receiver prospects are going to be there. Uh, you know, in the second round when the Bears are picking. I'm kind of thinking one of them is going to be a wide receiver. The other is going to be an offensive lineman, maybe a, a guard. Um, you know, in, in which order, who knows? It's going to depend on how the draft board shakes out. But uh, the, the top of the draft is pretty strong. Evan Neal, potential number one overall pick. Tyler Linderbaum, a, a center from Iowa. Charles Cross, attack from Mississippi State. Iki Aquanu from NC State, a tackle. Those four guys, they're all going to be well gone before the Bears are on the clock in the second round. But when I'm looking at in the second round, guys that might be available, Zion Johnson, fingers crossed, uh, 6'3", 312 pound, uh, you know, just kind of a, a nasty guy, a guy that would fit the polls, uh, you know, kind of offensive lineman, you know, prototype that he's looking for. I don't think he's going to be there. He's probably that late first, top 30, 32 type of pick guy. Um, but if he's available uh, for, the Bear, for the Bears' first pick in the second round, it might be tough to pass him up, uh, depending on what other wide receivers are on the board. But he'd be one guy I'm looking at. Another guy I'm looking at is Kenyon Green, another offensive lineman uh, from Texas A&M. Probably right there that, you know, 30 to 35 range where he's going to get called. So he might not be there. But if he is, that's the type of guy where it's, you know, classic best player available uh, where you take him. Beyond that, though, guys that are probably a little bit more realistic to, to fall to the Bears – Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. This dude is huge and like he's on the like the freakishly athletic scale. 6'7, 320. Guy could broad jump, long jump, high jump, bench press. Everything you want in offensive lineman, this guy does it. Smaller school, but I don't think you need to be worried about his uh level of competition or what he's played. This guy's been a stud everywhere he's played. Um 
and really kind of acing the pre-draft process. So he's a guy uh, that maybe the Bears are, are considering taking. Because who knows if they think Tevin Jenkins is going to be a tackler or if he's going to be a guard. So I think the Bears, they're, they're really not going to, you know, eliminate any position, uh, you know, whether it's a tackle, a guard, or a center. And especially if a guy's got positional versatility, they're probably going to be a little bit more inclined to take him. So Trevor Penning, uh, probably a little bit more likely than Zion Johnson, Kenyon Green. Uh, but another guy, a, a classic guard, Darian Kennard from Kentucky. This guy has been a, a multiple-year starter at Kentucky, been a part of a program that you know really didn't win a lot, but over the last couple of years that he's been there, really saw the culture shift under Mark Stoops, and they started winning a lot of games, coming off one of their best seasons in program history. So that's one of those guys that you really love to add to a locker room, especially for a Bears locker room that you know they're trying to build something here, and he just came from a program where they really built something special. So he's a guy, kind of a, a road grader type of guy, you know, a mauler, another guy that fits that polls, uh, you know, prototype. Six five, about three and a quarter, just a, a beast. Um, so I think those are two guys that probably fit more likely uh, in the second round. If they don't draft an offensive lineman in the second round, I think the the chances of success are a little bit more difficult. Um, you know, Larry Borum when it was kind of a find in the fifth round last year, but uh, it's tough to find offensive line starters uh, when you don't draft them early. So if I had to bet on it, I would put money that, you know, of the Bears second round picks, one is going to be a pass catcher, a wide receiver, and the other is going to be an offensive lineman, whether it's a tackle or a guard. So shout out to the competition, uh, good old SB Nation. But let me, I want to, there was an interesting guy they put in their Bears sixth round mock, which by the way, we're going to do our own form of the yeah. mock draft leading up uh, on the pod coming up here in, in our next couple of shows. So looking forward to that. But this dude seems interesting to me. I don't know how much you know about a Matt Waletsko, North Dakota. Dude's got a seven foot two inch wingspan, 312 pounds. He's six eight. They've got him in the sixth round. Have you ever heard of this guy? Is this a legit is this a legit report? Yeah, I wish I could be like uh, you know, Mel Kuyper and break out, you know, his, his sophomore and high school game tape and tell you everything about him. But um, you know, it sounds like he's got great measurables. Six round pick sounds like the the classic kind of take a flyer on this guy. Uh, six eight, that's huge. Seven foot wingspan, uh, even huger. That's gonna make even huger. We're inventing words here on the Windy City podcast. He's the um, he's the next yeah. Lachavius Simmons Schmidt. I can feel yeah, it. Yeah, right. Uh, Albright, Hambright, or whatever his name was <laughs> last year. Yeah, it seems like they're just kind of wasting picks when they do that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, like I said. I think you, you got to draft the guy in the second round, maybe even that that first of the second round, because you know Penning and, and Johnson, those guys probably aren't going to be available when the Bears pick at the you know top half of the second round. So um, you know we'll see what happens, but I don't want to wait until the sixth round to draft my first offensive lineman. Let's just you know kind of say that you know and kind of put a button on that. Yeah, I, I listen. It's a huge need, and I I expect them. To I'm ex I'll I'll say this Ryan Poles, whoever you pick on the offensive line, I am going to trust your judgment. Everything that you've said about wanting to get lighter, quicker, the targeting uh, uh, that he's gone on in the offseason didn't work out with the Colts, but that's uh, with the Bills rather. But that's that's fine. Like you, I already am a believer in that. Now, 
can you put enough around the quarterback to make Justin Fields good? I'm I'm a little bit concerned, but the Luke Getzey thing to rewind back is is getting me excited. Here's the the George part that I wanted to get to. Um, and I see you, Matt. Nothing from George Stan in your office. You don't know football. He's right. You're, you you are right. <laughs> you're you're absolutely right. But and and there's no overcoming this because it's not changing. Even though now polls reports directly to George and Ted is focused on getting the Bears to Arlington Heights. However, I just think it's worth discussion when you see his comments. It, it it's you know. The, the famous one about I'm I'm not I'm just a fan I'm not a football evaluator. Um, first of all, like you're sort of insulting the fans there. Like some fans know what the hell they're talking about, and some fans don't. Like you're 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 sort of like not even understanding the fans. If you ask a fan, he says, "Should we go for it on fourth down?" They're going to say yes every time. No, no, they're not. Have you talked to fans? Fans have differing opinions. Like, what are you talking about? That's not my my main beef here. But it's like you can't even get the fans right. And then, you know, they're they're asking him uh, what we're looking for is progress. How they're putting the team together. How they're working together. Are we moving forward? All that type of stuff. Uh, you know, and he he doesn't know what he's looking at. Quote McCaskey: I'm learning. Ted's been a good teacher, and Ryan has been a patient recipient. I guess that's the best way to put it. So far, it's gone very well. Like, Ted's trying to teach him how to do his job, and Ryan understands his job better than George understands his job. My point in all this is that Ryan Poles, you have no help in the organization. You are a first-time general manager who can't turn around any corner in the whole damn facility and ask for how to do this gig. Cause you, you can't go to Eberflus. He's not, he's not sitting in that seat. It, it, you know, he, it's just, and that's part of the problem with why the bears are the bears. Like there's no one to turn to. Like I, I, when you, when I read that, it's, it's just, it's such a hole in the organization really. Yeah. That's probably something that a lot of people may overlook. I don't know if overlook is the right word, but think, yeah, you, you talk about Flus. He's a first year head coach. Paul's first-year general manager, where is their support coming from upstairs? Because it's not from the McCaskies. It's certainly not from Ted Phillips. And something I think a lot of Bears fans have wanted for, gosh, the last part of the 25-plus years, is there a, a football-focused president of football operations that can be that, that support system for Paul's, for the head coach? For the the rest of the whole like football structure infrastructure, uh, that's not there, and I wonder kind of when the Bears are going to find that guy. Right, and listen, if you had hired a seasoned dude who's done it before, no problem. John Dorsey doesn't need to talk to you at all, and and, and maybe Ryan doesn't either. But it's almost not fair to him that there's, hey man, we love you, we love your demeanor, we we appreciate what you can. Build a great roster. You're the guy. Uh, and by the way, good luck. I'll be over here trying to figure out what the hell I do. I mean, that's it's just weird, really. I, I, I mean, you would think like if I'm I'm the worst uh, understander of technology of all time. But if you put me in a computer programming class for 30 years, I might figure a couple things out. I'm not saying yeah, I'd be. 
You know, I don't know. You just kind of pick stuff up by, <laughs> by being there. And I don't know how many more years Ted Phillips is going to be with the team. Like you said, he should just be focused on Arlington Heights. But I really think they, they need to bring in a new guy next year, a, a football mind, a, kind of like a lifer, a guy that is only focused on football and not really the business aspect. Let Ted Phillips handle finances and whatnot. Um, but yeah, we need like a, a, a just, you know, the, the classic football guy in that president role, um, you know, kind of like what Theo Epstein was uh, for the Cubs and, and in baseball. Um, we see the, more of those roles uh, in different organizations. Um, but I, I think the, if the Bears do that, if the Bears are serious about competing with the Packers, the Cowboys, you know, the Seahawks, the Rams, all these like perennial contenders, the Patriots, um, they're, they're going to have to upgrade, you know, kind of how they go about business here. Like, let's get into the 21st century here. It's 2022. Um, we might need to do things a little bit differently than we did in 1965. Uh, and, and you're right. And good point, by the way, from, from Matt should have hired Rick Smith for football ops. I'm not trying to crush Ryan Poles. I, I, I hope he's successful. But but Rick was a guy who had a lot of success with the Texans, and he was out there. It was an interesting name, certainly. It's a it's yeah. a fair thing to throw out. Um, all right, Schmitty, we're going to end up the show today with a little bit of an argument just to poke the bear here, if you will, on, on Bears fans. Uh, his name is Devin Hester, and he's yet to be enshrined in Canton, Ohio. And Bears fans, I think... I don't know. What would you say? 96% think that he's a Hall of Famer? I would say if we pulled Bears fans, it would be 99.9% think he's a Hall of Famer. I think Mark Carmen is the only one who thinks he's not. So here's the deal, Schmitty. The number one Chicago Bear returning kicks, kickoffs, is actually Cordell Patterson. Uh, he's had a better career kickoff returns than Devin Hester. Devin crushes uh, returning punts, and that's great. One of the greatest of all time to return punts. But do we not remember when Devin basically was constantly campaigning, pleading, let me be more a part of the offense. Let, let me go play wide receiver. And I was on board. This dude's so good at this. Let him do other things. But then they let him do other things, and he couldn't do it. So I don't know how, like, when we actually watched him, his whole body of work as a football player, he wasn't elite at, at, at anything other than returning kicks. I, and, and that's a part of football, but it's not like you, you was the quarterback and he was really good at that, or he was the receiver and he was really good at that, or he was the running back or he was really good at that, or he was a cornerback and he was dynamic. I don't know, man. I, like you, you were great at returning punts. I get it, but that to me is just like too small of a corner of football. I'm, I'm not. It, if he wants to get in like ten years down the line, but there should be a waiting process for a specialist like that at bare minimum. And so I just feel like you know what. If Devin doesn't get in, like I, 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 I get it. He, he was a specialist, and specialists are not like lock Hall of Famers in my mind. Well, you finally just said it. He was a specialist. He's going to get in the Hall of Fame because the one thing he did was better than anybody else that ever played professional football. This guy was the greatest punt returner of all time. 
Yeah, CP, probably a better kick returner. Definitely a better kick returner uh, than Hester. I think CP should be in the Hall of Fame too when he when he's uh, you know when his playing career is over. But you talk about the impact that Devin Hester had as a returner. I don't care what he did as a receiver. He's not getting into the Hall of Fame because you know as a receiver. So let's let's forget about that argument. The guy wasn't a great receiver. Who cares? He was a specialist. The one thing he did was better than anybody else. It changed the game. It changed how teams had to prepare for him. Um, you know, Tony Dungy in that Super Bowl, all week they're saying, we can't kick to Devin Hester. Then they kicked to Devin Hester, and he ran the kickback. So many times that happened uh, where he gave the Bears such favorable field position. If not, if Devin Hester isn't on that team, there's no chance the Bears get to a Super Bowl. Um, but, yeah, we saw Devin Hester get really close. He was on uh, the, the short list for the finalists, didn't make the final cut. I think he's probably going to get in either next year or the year after that. Uh, to get this far, that kind of shows you um, that the NFL Hall of Fame voters are a little bit smarter, a little bit more in line with what we're thinking than what what Carm is thinking. And and I hear and Carm, you're not you're not alone in thinking that Hester isn't a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, guys like Steve Tasker. This guy was a great special teamer. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Was he a great wide receiver? Was he a great defensive back and anything else? No. But I think he's got a good case to be a, a special teams Hall of Famer. Um, we're, we're, we're going to see Adam Vinatieri get in there. We saw Ray Guy finally get in a handful of years ago. I, I think specialists and special teams, it's a part of the game. It's not literally a third of the game like, like that old saying goes, but uh, I think Devin Hester, what he meant to the team, he was the best at what he did, and that's what the Hall of Fame is to me. It's honoring and enshrining the best at what they did. And Devin Hester, there was no one better at, re- at returning punts and just over, overall the threat that he brought to the uh, to the team. So should Patrick Manley be in the Hall of Fame? Amazing long snapper. Dude did it forever. It's got to be the – got to be – I don't know. Is he the greatest long snapper of all time? I have no idea. But, like, where do we draw the line of the specialists here, Schmitty? Well, Devin Hester scored points. Patrick Manley didn't score points. Well, you know, you, 16 you, you, years, I think, played more games than anybody else in the Bears uniform. So that's awesome. There's not going to be any long snappers. In the Hall of Fame. Sorry, and I'm sure Pat Manley would say the same thing, and, and he's not going to get fitted for his gold jacket uh, or measured for his bust. But, yeah, you know, punt returners, kick returners, field goal kickers, these guys score points, put points up. Um, they directly impact wins and losses. Justin Tucker, this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer, uh, you know, five, six, seven years after his career is over. Special teamers themselves, like, hey, Brendan Ian Badeja was a great special teamer. <laughs> He's not getting in, you know. So uh, I think that's that's literally where we could draw the line. Long snappers, special teamers, you're not getting in. Returners, fair game. I think Hester's a Hall of Famer. I think Cordero Patterson, he's a Hall of Famer too. They're not going to be first ballot guys, maybe not even second or third year guys. We've seen outstanding Hall of Fame receivers wait, you know, five, six, seven years. Andre Reid, Chris Carter, T.O., all these guys have had to wait. I don't have a problem with these guys waiting, but they're definitely getting in. Certainly Hester. Uh, by the way, I'm getting texts for people saying, did I miss my chance to get a Justin Fields jersey? I will not out this person. But it says here, does it come with a bib? Uh, whoa, a shot at Fields on, on the on the car text line over here, Schmitty. Um, I don't know how to interpret that. What does that even mean? I, 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 think, I think that uh, people are, I don't know. Perhaps, uh, you know, there was some... A reaction to Fields talking about how he didn't, uh, he did not like how he was supported in the Cleveland game. Yeah. 
He was well, spitting facts with that too. That game plan was shit, and we all knew it. <laughs> Sacked 9,000 times, and we all knew it. Uh, call a design run for the quarterback. Run the football. Uh, yeah, Matt Nagy yes, should have been fired. That uh, you know, <laughs> He should have been allowed to fly home with the team. Uh, agreed. And though, like, dude, you're you're going in your second year. Uh, you don't need to be having that conversation with anybody that 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 it can actually make its way to the World Wide Web, right? I mean, that's that's not. He's not I, wrong though. He he's not. No, th- listen, Matt Nagy did a straight awful job, and and the Bears as an organization did a terrible job. The whole way they went about developing Justin Fields, which would should have been the only thing that they cared about. And yet somehow they just, I mean, it's just amazing. Truly incredible. Hey, uh, if we want to save our jobs, we got to make this guy really good. And somehow if that happens, we're going to win games. So what does he do well? And how can we, in a rookie campaign, underline that to the best of our abilities so we can stay here and not go off to, uh, back to Kansas city into Atlanta. But you know, when you're not good at your job, you're not good at your job and, and, and it didn't work out. So, uh, Hey, all right. Well, yeah. Long was. story short, you got a, another month to enter the Justin Field sweepstakes to get your Jersey. So do that. Follow the windy city, follow the links here in this, in the chat on the YouTube video, follow at the carm at Patrick A. Schmidt and, and keep, you know, you got to check, you can update, you can enter every day. So do it, increase your odds. Yep, we appreciate you being an early uh, adapter, subscriber, contributor to uh, the Windy City Chicago Bears podcast. On YouTube every Monday at 5. The audio is coming out at 9 o'clock in the morning tomorrow. Um, so if you do put a review on the Apple, we will, we're checking all to uh, make you a part of the show. Matt, thanks for all the chats today. We appreciate it. Um, let's listen to this last one. Amazing how some fans... Went to the mat for Mitch, but can't wait to write off Justin. I I don't. Hey Matt, I'm going to disagree with you on the on the out here. I don't. I'm not getting that feeling that people want to write him off. I think there's a lot of support, but and, and certainly by the comments that I'm seeing, that's the way. But uh, it is it is it is a. It'll be interesting to see uh, if he starts out slow next year. How much the fans you know stay on board. But Schmitty, we're on board. We're just calling out what's, what's been. We, we want him to be better. We want him to be good. We want him to be great. Um, so fully embracing the best case scenario. Let's go number one. Hang in there, brother. Have a good offseason. Matt Eberflus, hope you had a great first addressing of the team today. The hits principle is being digested to your level of satisfaction. No loafing, leaving out of the meeting room today. When you get your coffee, you get it quick. You put the cream in. You sit down. You sit straight. You're up. You're ready. You're a Chicago Bear. Print those hits T-shirts. I think Bears fans are not willing to be honest that he might not be the quarterback that everyone wants him to be. I'm not saying that he isn't, but I'm also not saying that he is. All right, I'm going to I'm going to keep it 100 like the kids say. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. I think he could have been better. Yeah, this coaching staff stunk. It's why they were fired.
certainly we're going to be defensive of Justin Fields. It wasn't the best rookie season. What Mac Jones did, he certainly had a better year, but you know, he had, he had Josh McDaniels calling plays for him in the, you know, under the best head coach of all time. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.